All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Donna 60 Seconds was all right. It was it was a good movie. It I, was. I had that movie on DVD when I was going through a phase. I probably bought like 80 movies on DVD. Oh, it was a DVD phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I went through a big DVD phase in junior high, and that was on it. Fast and Furious was on it. Terminator 2 was on it. Obviously, The Matrix, which I've referenced a lot. Just good action movies where I was like, oh, my God, I can experience this through the magic of DVD? Amazing. I I had a long DVD phase. Like, as you know, we live together. I, I have, yes. like, hundreds of DVDs, and yeah. I bought DVDs, like, long past the time where it was necessary to have DVDs. Yeah. Do you have a DVD player now? Uh, n- well, I've got like gaming systems that might play right. DVDs. I think there is a DVD player somewhere in the house, but nothing is hooked up. I'm kind of the same way. Someone was like, oh, I have the Blu-ray. I could uh, lend it to you. And I said, I don't have a Blu-ray player. Well, that's a, a lot of people have Blu-rays and almost nobody has Blu-ray players. <laughs> right. A lot of people have PlayStation 4s, yeah. which are Blu-ray players or PlayStation 3s maybe. Uh, but Blu-ray, do you remember HD DVDs? yes there were like there was yeah yeah there was a, a phase of competition there and blu-ray kind of won blu-ray definitely won well yeah yeah definitely won and for like six years blu-ray was doing okay but are they really the winners because well it's they they were just the winners for a time being until something else came around and right. now we're even more digital than that mm-hmm. exactly but netflix does not have an academy award for best picture so i know that so we talked about this last week. We thought for sure it would end up with Netflix getting a best picture for Roma. It seemed like it was a lock, but now some people are talking it, about like, maybe that was just part of a narrative. Maybe Roma was really never the front runner. And during that phase a few months ago where it really seemed like Green Book was the front runner, maybe that never ceased. Right. I believe that. It won. I believe that, but... Um, it gave Green Book pretty good betting odds. <laughs> it did. They, they were like three and a half to one. I did not win on any of the bets that I made. How much money did you place? Because I forgot. 40 bucks total. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. That's uh, safe. Just 40 bucks on like, and I made like seven different bets. See, I had such strong convictions about this year's Oscars. Mm-hmm. And I placed my votes very logically instead of uh, with my heart. Sure. And so my thought was either what I want to win will win. Or what I bet would win would win. And either way, I have something to celebrate. Right. There are a couple of cases where the wild card won and neither of those know. Scra- itches were scratched. I know. Like, for example, Best Picture, because I wanted A Star is Born knowing it wouldn't happen, but figured Roma was probably an okay yep. picture to win. Another one is, without breaking them all down, but another one is, goddamn, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won for editing? Yeah, what were we th- saying was clearly supposed to win for editing? I was, Vice, I think. I thought Vice was a pretty good pick for editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I I think even Green Book was. Yeah, maybe maybe I picked it. Just the only case for editing being made was the Live Aid sequence. Sure, I think that was really where if you were going to pick it for that. I think those were visual effects more than that was an editing. Yeah, feat. true. That's a good good point. And the other thing is, uh, I didn't expect uh, Olivia Colman to win Best Actress, of course, but I knew Lady Gaga wouldn't, in spite of my my uh, want for that to happen. Right. But what I discovered when she got up there and was so endlessly charming mm. is that really I was just rooting against Glenn Close. It right. wasn't so much about Lady Gaga winning. Right. I just didn't want this like default winner. Sure. 
And I think we'll look back and, and A Star is Born will have been the most popular movie and it'll be like, how did that not win? Yeah. 10 years from now kind of thing. Maybe, or maybe it'll fade into obscurity. Maybe it'll be like, that was a good movie. Right. It's the occasional person will be like, oh, I, that's my favorite movie. Mm. But maybe it won't be that staggering that it wasn't Best Picture. I think Almost Famous won Best Picture at the Golden Globes. Okay. But didn't win Best Picture anywhere else. And I still think of that as like, a, I know it won Best Picture at Golden Globes and it might have deserved more, but I don't know what year it won in. Like, obviously, Almost Famous is incredible. It's yeah. such a great movie. Yeah. Does it seem like something that would do well at the Oscars? It kind of does. Yeah. But it also kind of seems a little independent. Seems Well, it also seems a little probably cheesy now, maybe. I watched it about a year ago. And it held up? It held up. Nice. It's also like littered with weird cameos. Like, yeah. like Jay Baruchel shows up. And Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon and Mark Maron. Mark Maron, too. Right. The, lock the Gate. Lock thing, the right, Gate. Right. Um yeah, that's a good movie. That's objectively a great movie. And that was the peak for Kate Hudson. And ever since, yeah. it's Possibly been... Cameron Crowe, too. Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, what else is Cameron Crowe? I mean, he's made some good movies, but like... You know, you had Jerry, Jerry Maguire. Maguire. Maybe Jerry Maguire was his peak. It he, was. He wrote a few other movies out and then... Aloha. And then Aloha. <laughs> Aloha Gate. It probably wasn't Aloha. What did you think of the... Not to belabor this, but what did you think of the shallow performance? Because that was obviously the most buzzworthy moment. Of yeah, the yeah. A lot of people really liked it. I thought it was okay. Did you see the Vegas performance, though? No, I didn't. So I didn't have yeah. a, a, a floor to compare it to. So if you knew what it could have been, yeah. you would have been like genuinely relieved and quite proud of Bradley. I almost thought that lady... I felt like the way she said it on stage when she accepted it, she said, Bradley, there's no one else that could have sang that with me. That's and. Nice. Everyone's like, yeah, there is. There's plenty of people that could have sang that with you. Like Bradley Cooper's not a singer. But I, I feel like she was trying to, you know, kind of console him. Maybe he thought like, uh, I didn't pull my weight on that song or felt shitty about Vegas too. And Maybe. He was definitely insecure as a singer. Yeah. I think what she just meant is on a broader level, uh, I don't think anybody else could have made this movie with me. Right. Because he's the heart and soul of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very emotional as she's been for a long time, but it's very likable in Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. I thought Mark Ronson being like, no, no, just let Lady Gaga do the talking. Yeah. I thought that was the coolest move ever. I think Mark Ronson should be like a character that people do on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I can see that. Just kind of having a, a little bit of a, an accent That's that too you much. can't quite place. That's too much. <laughs> yeah. he's He wasn't raised in the UK, to be fair. He was like born in the UK right. and like grew up in the States. Right. So it's not like his accent has totally faded. He just has a weird accent. Yeah. Parents from another country. Right. I guess. He's impossibly cool though. You have to admit. Oh, for sure. The thing about the Bradley Cooper thing. He's got is his own aesthetic. Obviously it got steamy and that would be fine because they're good actors mm-hmm. and the movie was a you romantic You mean the song movie. got steamy between no, them? No. When he abruptly stands up from the stool and picks up the microphone stand by the middle as if he's doing Freddie Mercury, which is funny. (laughs) (laughs) These people want Freddie Mercury. I'll give them Freddie Mercury. I thought he should have laid across the top of the piano while Lady Gaga (laughs) sang the rest of the song. Like Jessica Rabbit? Yeah, exactly. No, and then he sits down next door, which is fine because that's intimate. But like they straight up nuzzle towards the end. So it was was worthy of some of the mockery it got. I understood. Uh And Arena Sheik is like sitting 12 feet away. But the other side of it is I feel it's a little bit tacky at this point to like ship Bradley and Gaga. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, and not just for his girlfriend's sake, she's a grown woman, but like he has a daughter who's going to look back on this. Yeah. And there's just like, there's going to be all this 
there's going to be movie lore about how maybe Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga hooked up in the movie, the same way there was about Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford for years and years and years, which ultimately was true. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I feel like it it might be one of those things where actors say, oh, you know, maybe we should do it just to get the chemistry right. You know, it's it's for acting. It's not for And does Bradley Cooper kind of not seem like that type? Yeah. Brad, you can picture Bradley Cooper being like, listen, uh, Stephanie, it's one of those things where if you think it will make the movie better, I'll do it. <laughs> like almost plant the seed like it's her idea. Right. Bradley wasn't there. It was all Jackson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it was, well, d- it was all you, Jack. Did you hear about this? How he said he was going to perform the song, but as Bradley Cooper. Well, he was. See, that's the other thing that makes the nuzzling weird is that they were so adamant that they're not in character for well, the song. Who's why, why would you even have to make that clear? Because, it's like we were up there and I was Jackson and she was Allie. No, it is important to make it uh, known. Seriously? Because he took months and months to get his voice as low as it was. So that was a qualifier. Oh. This is not going to sound like shallow on the okay, radio. Okay, okay, I see. I think otherwise you're just kind of, but even so, like, couldn't you just try to, am I going too loud? You're really shouty. Oh, yeah, sorry. it's okay. Uh, even so, don't you think he, he could just try to, um, try to like lower his voice and sing the way that he did sing and be like, I'm just going to try to do the way the song is recorded. There's all of this discussion about how it would take him like an hour to get his voice that low every single morning. And he hasn't made the movie in two years. Right. I don't think it's so easy to just suddenly sing a whole octave lower than your natural speaking voice. He has to just watch like football for an hour and then like smoke a cigar and drink some whiskey. And then seriously strap a guitar. It's also bad for your voice to just like, uh, like be really um, uh, uh, vocal fry. Crash test dummies. Yeah. <laughs> he should have done it he, as crash test dummies. He was the hero. <laughs> oh, God. You can't even do it. Tell me. I, yeah. Like, I, I, tell me something. <laughs> I want to hear that. I want to hear Brad Roberts and the crash test dummies do that. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's only a matter of time before a bunch of people start covering Shallow. I always think it's so funny too when when you hear when you see them sing it live and they're going in the shallows. <laughs> like it, it, there's something inherently funny about. Has anybody broken down that. exactly what the words are there? I'm in, so. Here's another. I'm, I'm dropping time crisis on this one. That's right because they. They note how the lyrics are very strange, how it's, I'm in the deep end, watch as I dive in, yeah. I'll never reach the ground. Right. But then they end up in the shallow somehow. somehow yeah. In the shallows. Right. It's like, I thought you were in the deep end. Well, that and you'll never reach the ground. That's where the, the ground is most accessible in the shallow. Right. I'm I'll just, never, no, it's I'll never leave the ground. I'll Isn't never. It? Or is reach the ground. I think it's reached the yeah, ground. Yeah, I think it has reached the ground. But it's like reach the ground of the lake. You know what? I think it's I think it's pool? nonsense. I don't think there's a I whole so lot of too. cleverness to the song. It's, it's just emotional. It's early Dave Grohl where he was like, I was just trying to throw in lyrics that made sense. You're right. It's like Or that did that didn't make sense. It's like early Dave Grohl. <laughs> I think that's what they're going for. Do you want to go over well, some? Well, he wanted of, to do Eddie Vedder. Do you want to go over some of the Razzie winners? Sure. Because the Razzies also happen. Best picture, uh, worst picture, went to Holmes and Watson. 
Oh, interesting. Boy, was that a dumpster fire, right? Yeah, I didn't hear anything about it. Was I, it don't, I didn't even hear that it was bad. That's how bad it oh, was. Oh, it got so buried, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I think it, I think they knew it was going to be bad. There are jokes in the movie about how it's bad. Oh, okay. Um, do you think eventually it'll become kind of a cult hit? Or do you think even I don't fans know. were I like, think, this is not funny? I think the era of Will Ferrell cult hits are over. Mm. But, like, there's a thing in the end where, like, a guy is, because it takes place, like, back in the olden days, there's a guy, like, pushing a cart of manure, and he's like, bullshit for twelve ninety nine. I bet no one will buy it. Oh, that's wow. the exact ticket of a movie, or price of a movie okay. ticket. Very Doom Patrol of them. Uh, Melissa McCarthy won Worst Actress for The Happy Time Murders, which is oh, the, right. the puppet movie. Yep. Did she go? She didn't go, but okay. this is one of those cases where she's nominated for Best Actress and Worst Actress. Yeah. Of course, she didn't win Best Actress. Right. Sandra Bullock was the one who famously won both and actually went to the Razzies. Good for her. And, and picked it up for the same. Nice. So it was the year she won on the blind side, but was nominated for... Uh, I can't even think about what it would have been. Oh, God. Like uh, the one with Steve Zahn? Was it that one? Maybe. Might have been Bradley Cooper and Steve Zahn. Was that a thing? What was the What movie? about Steve? Was it... Was it <laughs> Uh, Steve's on. I feel like I would know it if I heard it, and I, I haven't even heard of that one. Miss Congeniality 2? I don't mm. know. I'm out of Sandra Bullock movies. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. Because people like The Proposal. I don't think that's considered a bad movie. No, couldn't even think about what it would have been, but John's, I know that she famously won both. John C. Riley won uh, Worst Supporting Actor for Holmes and Watson. Uh, Paul Rudd. Um, no, that's not Paul Rudd. It's a picture of Paul Rudd, but... Anyway, uh, uh, Donald Trump won Best Actor uh, worst actor for Fahrenheit 11.9. Oh, which incidentally, what is this? Uh, well, it's the documentary, the Michael Moore documentary. Fahrenheit 11.9? He was elected on 11.9. Oh, so he did a whole movie just about that election. Oh, yeah. Michael Moore's movie. I, I've been watching it. I've got like probably a half an hour left. Yeah. Um, it's on Amazon Prime right now, but it was in theaters and everything. It's a little out of date now because it, it's pre-midterm uh, elections. Mm -hmm. It is really something because, and it's upsetting, but like, because he basically forecasted him winning the presidency. Well, he did, but it's, it's post him being post the president, him oh, okay. but he breaks it down to a greater, um, minutia than I think most of us are aware. Like you think, you know, this story and then it tells you stuff that you're like, how in the world do we not talk about that every day? I know. And there's a whole subplot about the Flint water crisis, which I didn't really know a lot about. Mm -hmm. And so now I know everything about it. And, oh, wow. it's, and I like lost sleep last night. It's no like, way. It's, yeah, it's profound. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But it's a well-made movie. I love how every once in a while on um, Reddit, someone will just post, hey, just a reminder here that Flint, Michigan has been without fresh water for yeah. however long. Right. So the governor, he's out of office as of January 1st, and they have a, a Democratic governor of Michigan now. So I don't know if they're like well on their way, but I think maybe Elon Musk uh, donated a bunch of money to kind of that's band-aid awesome. the situation elon musk can do anything well and that's kind of the argument that uh socialist democrats are making now is that uh billionaires by their very definition are unethical because for there to be billionaires there has to be poverty right and so you can fix some of this right yeah and even some of the billionaires are making that statement like Bill Gates and well, I think Bill Warren Gates, Buffett and Bill Gates is certainly one of the most charitable people of all time, but he remains a billionaire. Yep. Yeah, he's not losing his billionaire status. He has said often that his kids will not get his fortune, that it'll all go to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation when he dies. Yeah, but they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll, they'll do like uh, some sort of a stock thing. You know what I think about sometimes? You remember the movie Mr. Deeds? 
mm-hmm. where he inherits like fifty billion dollars, like like a world class fortune. Yep. And, and then, spoiler alert: uh, in the end, you discover he's actually not the heir to the the money. It's the the butler, right? Played John, by John Turturro. John Turturro. And uh, Adam Sandler, Mr. Deeds, is like, ah, that's okay, buddy. That's that's fine. I'm gonna go back to my little town. That's that's okay, buddy. <laughs> that's a good uh, and, impression. And, thank you. And uh, John Turturro says in it, they're in a big courtroom and he goes, Deeds. And he goes, what? And he goes, how about a billion dollars? And then he gives <laughs> Deeds a billion dollars. And then Mr. Deeds buys everyone in his little town a Corvette. red Corvette. Yeah. I think about that at least uh, once every three months. <laughs> Why? Because it was a great moment. How would you like somebody to just be like, Slaney, how about a billion dollars? Every, I kind of expect it to happen eventually. <laughs> I'm 75% sure that's You need to befriend a butler then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Start making inroads with butlers. Exactly. And then get your own butler. And then Mm -hmm. he can be your heir for when you mysteriously die. That's right. Sorry, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's enough award show talk. Can we like not talk about award shows for a long time? Let's never do it. Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, wait. I I did want to say the one thing that I thought was cool was that that movie Free Solo one. Yeah. The documentary. Do you know Alex Honnold at all? No. He literally climbs raw faces without any Free sort solos. Of, Free I, solos. I just, I, I have an ethical problem with people who do this shit. Yeah. It's like, why do you think you're above dying? Why do you put other people through this? I don't think he thinks he's above dying. I think it's just like a cool challenge for him. No, there are other cool challenges. Is real life not exciting enough for you? He Is just, this beautiful thing you have called life too boring for you <laughs> i don't solo i don't think he does anything other than just climb like sounds he, sense to me like he's depressed as fuck he's like a no he's like a robot yeah it's all he does anyway so there's a movie about him that won best documentary <laughs> let's move on you know what i okay. saw i saw the mr rogers documentary and that guy did a whole lot more good than climby climberson okay <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> I guess we'll have to. This is a, a crazy thing, and it's bizarrely controversial. Okay. Uh, five years doing The Tonight Show, Jimmy Fallon has uh, stayed as mainstream as possible, taken absolutely zero risks, done nothing that wasn't as broad and as audience-reaching as possible. Mm-hmm. And for their fifth anniversary this week, they did something genuinely weird and niche, and they scripted their entire show and filmed it in the style of a Larry Sanders episode. Whoa. And the whole thing is on YouTube, and it is phenomenal. So uh, the the premise of Larry Sanders was that he, he's he a late played talk a late-night talk show host. Uh, like opposite Johnny Carson. Yeah. But he's very neurotic and genuinely funny, but uh-huh. like kind of an asshole. And so are most of the celebrity guests who come on and have this artificial relationship with him. Right. And his sidekick announcer is a character who's kind of a pain in the ass. And the producers and the writers are kind of a pain in the ass. And it's just this big dysfunctional mess of neurotic people in the comedy network television milieu. Right. And that's how they illustrate The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon on this fifth anniversary show. And what makes it kind of interesting is that Jimmy Fallon has this reputation for being the most lovely guy, but he's playing kind of an asshole version of Jimmy Fallon. Shockingly convincingly, by the way, you don't think of Jimmy Fallon as being able to act at all. And it's not like perfect, but enough for you to buy into it. And so he has Ben Stiller on to be uh, a guest on the show, but Ben Stiller's an asshole and Tina Fey's on, but like Tina Fey hates him. Oh really? And, like the whole Tina Fey Jimmy Fallon friendship is a uh, is like uh, 
uh, a charade. And is there any like did did they do any breaking of the fourth wall on that where someone's like documentary style or was that no that wasn't the, the no same do they do that in Thirty Rock no 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 I don't no. think so Thirty Rock was almost like a post Larry Sanders kind of concept yeah I've, just, I've never seen style. Larry Sanders so I. Uh, it, yeah. uh, we tried to watch an episode last night. It, I don't know if it ages super well. To be fair, we watched the pilot, but like tons right. of them are on on YouTube. And I loved Gary Shandling, but like, I I don't think a lot of people got it. And what's frustrating is that it's just one episode of Jimmy Fallon, and they actually gave an effort for once. Yeah, you know, they actually tried to do something kind of weird. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Jimmy is just like an old entertainment uh, nerd, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a charming characteristic of Jimmy Fallon. Totally. Um. And it's full of like little Larry Sanders references. Oh, cool! Like he'd throw out a commercial and he'd be like, "No flipping," which is a Larry Sanders Larry Sanders thing. And so, all the comments on YouTube and on Facebook are from like, like moms who Being like, "I didn't get this. This was Why the was... worst episode of the Tonight Show ever. What are you doing? I swear to God, people are like, "Well, you've lost a viewer in oh, me." God. But so they in no way introduced that. They just kind of did it. It's, it's, you kind of have to get it. Like before he walks on stage, there's a picture of Gary Shandling that he like kisses his hand and then touches it. Oh, okay. And also they put up the title card in the same font as the Larry Sanders show. Gotcha. Um, You do have to, it's an inside joke, but that's what I like about it. Yeah. And um, the next night they were back to normal. Mm -hmm. So like people are like, what are you doing? He tried something different. Like what you like about this show is that it never tries. And I bet, I bet the writers and everyone just loved that shit. I think they were psyched. It probably like brought everyone closer together. They had Robert Irwin on who's become their like animal guy who's Steve Irwin's 15 year old son. Yeah, yeah, And he's like very likable and he brings the animals on and he like loves the animals and he's like, He's the spirit of his dad. They had him is, on for that episode. They had him on and he's playing also, he's not playing an asshole, but he's like over Jimmy's assholery. Right. Oh, that's good. It, you got to watch it. It's all on YouTube. I will. Uh, and it's a special thing and people should appreciate it more and yeah. relax. They're back to normal. And is the monologue kind of similar too? Like, Well, the monologue is like, it was pre-taped a while ago because this episode couldn't just run like a normal episode. Right. So they knew it was going to air after the Oscars. So he's like referencing the Oscars, but not specifically. Saying any winners or anything. But also like it's it's shot in uh, a single camera. So uh, he'll like do, be doing the monologue and then they'll cut away from the monologue and you'll hear him on the stage speakers oh, in Tina Fey's uh, dressing room. And she's watching him and like rolling her eyes. Right. And so, like, okay. It's all shot in single camera. Yeah. But it's 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. and it's like in the hallways it's just like it's right up your alley because you're into yeah, that kind of thing totally maybe it's not for everybody but again i liked that they took a risk what what's another show they could do that with what's another thing they could tribute like the jimmy fallon show could tribute yeah um like well, it has to be something that like is really classic yeah but it has to be entertainment based right yeah it almost has to be like an episode of seinfeld Oh, okay. I feel like something that iconic. I can see that happening too, because he and Seinfeld are kind of buddies. So he comes out in front of the red curtain and the spotlights on him, and there's like the problem with that is he would be so drawn to do his Seinfeld impression, which was kind of over the top. Yeah, you're right. The nice thing about this was it was actually it started subtle. He gets more assholey as it goes on. That's great. It's good. Yeah, okay, I'm watching it. I was a big fan. Wow, how did I not even hear about that? I've been off Reddit Because people just kind of complained. Yeah. People complain. They're going to do a, a Disney Villains TV series for Disney+. Plus. Mm. That's all we need to say about that. 
Do you know what? Are, are you up on this like Jesse Smollett thing? I don't know if there's anything new we can add to this discussion. Jesse Smollett? His name is Jesse Smollett. No, bring me in on this, man. You've heard about this. He's the guy on Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm good. You know uh, yeah, it all. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the guy who like basically faked being like a hate crime to try to yeah. not get booted off the show. Right. Um, and had these two African actors like kick the crap out of him. Yeah, and no, like in hindsight, it's just it seems like the most preposterous lie that that yeah. we all fell for. Maybe not everybody fell for, but but like he, it, not only his his career over, he is probably going to go to jail because yeah. like he made like terrorist props. Right, like he, yeah, he like wrote notes that were terrorist letters. Oh my god, yeah. He, was he a good actor? I've never seen Empire, but I guess he was a singer in the show and he sang in the show. Oh, okay. So assuming he was singing, I guess that's like I, I, I probably he had some talent. He's a nice looking guy, but now there's a story out about how he got a DUI a few years ago and he pretended to be his own twin brother to get out of the DUI oh my throwing God. his twin brother under the bus and he, lying. He to has the an cops. actual twin brother too. I guess. I don't know about that. It would oh. be even more outlandish, <laughs> even more audacious. If he invented a brother, I'm not Matt Slaney. I'm Mike Slaney. <laughs> Matt's twin brother. Pat Slaney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we don't have anything more to say about that. It is what it is. Uh, okay. So Netflix UK edited the uh, the notebook i almost said the green book okay. so they, they're they're streaming the notebook with uh, rachel mcadams and they edited it so it would have a more ambiguous and plausibly happier ending and people are tweeting netflix uk why did you why did you sanitize the notebook <laughs> right as if like we needed this to be softer because we can't handle a few tears so i don't even understand how you can do that i think it's a pretty soft movie already yeah, but it ends kind of sadly. Nice, yeah, like the both die together. And by the way, I've never really thought that that was the saddest of like tragic endings. Like no. they die old. They die. They grow up together. One of them gets dementia and they die in a hospital. Bed but together. as old people. As old people who live their entire lives with each it's other. It's much sadder for a young person to die. Totally. Anyway, regardless, people watch that movie when they want to feel something, when they want to blubber. And what's funny to me is that Netflix seemed to think that they could fool people into thinking this isn't such a sad movie after all. Uh, but or then they what could is surprise it? you. <laughs> if it's not a sad movie, it's just a middle-of-the-road romance? It's just a frustrating movie about this couple that like has a hard time getting together and then they get together. Yeah, and then it flash-forwards 50 years where they're just in a nursing home. Also, she has dementia for the whole movie, doesn't she? Yeah. So like at the end, is she just like, good? She's <laughs> thank you for caring me, husband. Does it end with her going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the movie is... Her eyes are closed in the bed. Their eyes are both closed and then they just open up together. She's just, she's just like, wait, the notebook. <laughs> Was this all in my notebook? Yes. <laughs> the end. Do, 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 Credits. Do. Well, that sounds like a pretty funny movie. <laughs> nice nice effort, Netflix. Do you remember a couple years ago when they rebooted 90210 and then they rebooted everything? Yes. Uh, they're rebooting 90210 again. Okay. For a third time. But this time with the original cast. So like Tori Spelling and, and Jason Priestley. Really? And that whole hodgepodge. What will this air on? The CW or? I guess. What's weird is Jason Priestley has a pretty nice gig on Riverdale, which sucks, but it's popular. Remember when Jason Priestley was just living in Kentville? 
Oh yeah, no, I'm thinking of uh, not Jason Priestley, the other guys on Riverdale. Uh, but yes, that okay. is a thing. He yeah. was living in Kenfield. A, a guy I know uh, did a TV show with him. Yeah. Call me Fitz. Was he okay? No, uh, I don't think so. He was not okay. I heard he wasn't very nice. I believe he wouldn't be nice. Yeah. He's Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. But that didn't save him. Did you hear any other stories about what he was like? No, he just seemed douchey. We have a handful of those stories. People who have come to Nova Scotia and been kind of dicks about it. Do you remember mm. when John Corbett made a movie here? Which one's John Corbett? John Corbett was in Sex and the City. He was not Mr. Big. Yes. All, yes. all of our female audience is going to be like, oh, no, not uh, him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was apparently quite the womanizer and dabbled with fairly young gals at places like the Dome or whatever okay. while living in Halifax. Uh, Fraser, Kelsey Grammer, he was oh, here. Yeah. You could see him being a dick. Yeah, there's no shock there. But he went on uh, Kelly and Regis or whatever. And they were like, so you're making a movie in Nova Scotia? He's like, yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst. He's like, it's so gloomy there all the time. <sighs> so I never liked him again. Right. Uh, do you remember when Pierce Brosnan was here a couple years ago? Yeah. And it was just the most wonderful story. It was. Every, we know a guy who like befriended him because he sold him a ukulele. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. He sold him a ukulele and then he went to visit him at the guitar store every day for the rest of his shoot. Right. And they texted for a while after he went they back texted? to- They texted? They were pals. That's incredible. So I like I like Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. I think I might have told this story before, but my one of my friends when they were drunk or something were walking across the street next to Pierce Brosnan, and everyone had the most pleasant experience with Pierce Brosnan. But for some reason, my friend just decided to be a total asshole. It was like, "Hey, fuck you, Pierce Brosnan!" Why? Started just like throwing up middle fingers. <laughs> I don't know. Just for the story. I think they were like laughing while they were doing it, and Pierce Brosnan was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> get, get out of my face!" Yeah. Uh, do you remember when you saw Jordan Peele and Chelsea Peretti? Yes. By Gus's Pub? Yeah, June 22nd. That was just last year. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. That was crazy. I'm still waiting on information on that movie. She made that movie almost a year ago. I know. They've yeah, since Spinster? They've since bulldozed the entire area where she filmed it. Everything on oh, Almond right. Street is flattened now. I, I think she even referenced like months later, like I miss Halifax so much or something. She was really kind about Halifax on social media. She, she would Halifax. like take Instagrams about all the cute stuff that Halifax has yeah. to offer. I think she liked it here a lot, but I don't know, like by now you'd think there'd at least be like a little trailer going around YouTube. I don't think it's going to be a big deal of a movie, but you'd think they'd be promoting it for like some mini festival yeah. or something. Is it maybe Netflix? That'd be awesome. We could see it being Netflix, right? But I've checked the IMDb not not too uh, like kind of recently, mm -hmm. and there's still nothing. Why did she leave Brooklyn Nine Nine? It seems like she might have. Well, I guess she's got a young kid. That's probably the answer. Yeah, she kind of was vague about it on Armchair Expert. She basically it was like she wanted to leave anyway, but she wouldn't talk about it. But it seemed like maybe there was some personality issues. Oh, really? Yeah. Not with Andy, because they're the best of friends. They're friends. But like, I think maybe somebody, it might've been like a crew member or something. She was just not really into it anymore. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I kind of wonder like, you know, the show was about to end. She was probably like, oh, this is going to be fine. Yeah. She jumped then... off a of flaming uh, ship, right? Right. Yeah. They got renewed for their seventh season today. No way. Which I think should be their last season. Yeah, they're they're cutting it a little close. Yep. How many seasons was The Office? Seven? Nine. Nine. Probably too many? Yeah. Yeah. Season eight is bad. Season eight's bad. It's not it's But not, season nine's good? Season nine rallies. Okay. Season eight is bad, but it's not James Spader's fault. Right. He's good in it. Right. But the show is it's missing something. And James Spader so season eight is Michael gone in season seven? He leaves towards the end of season. Maybe it's like uh, early season eight. Okay. Yeah. So maybe late season seven. 
all right, that's legit. Yeah. Still getting through it. Still, where like are you now? Mid season five, I think. Okay. Yeah, we're. Um, what's the most recent thing that happened? Pam decided to not go to art school anymore, even though she was supposed to go for like another three months. That's a weird thing that doesn't ever resolve. I don't think they didn't really play that out at all. No, there's a. I saw an interesting uh, Twitter thread the other day about like what fictional creative people or artists are portrayed as good at their art but are actually kind of terrible at their art. And the number one answer was Pam Beasley. I actually think it's a good example. Sure. In fact, it's almost canon that she's bad at her art because she like fails at a school. She, she kind of doesn't ever go anywhere with her art. She never goes on to do anything else with the art? There is one other art storyline in the last season. Okay. But it's not. it doesn't really matter that it much. It doesn't really tie anything together. No, it's very towards the end of the series. Um, what are some other examples that I, that I thought of? Like, well, somebody said Jackson Maine. I think Jackson Maine's pretty good. But there's lots of like, well, um, uh, uh, what's the the band from from almost uh, almost famous? They're not a very good band. Oh yeah, Sweetwater. Wh- Sweetwater. Sweetwater. Is that what they're called? Yeah, I think so. Stillwater. Stillwater. Yeah. It's funny because Stillwater came out or uh, Fever almost, Dog by Stillwater. Uh, yeah, and Almost Famous came out at the same time or within a couple years of that Mark Wahlberg movie Rockstar, where he was in a band called Steel Dragon. I don't recall this movie. Stand up and shout was the song in that. That's Mark Wahlberg. Shout. Yeah, so he yeah he played like a long haired kind of. Uh, uh, was it silly? No, it took itself not seriously. A, it took itself seriously. Oh boy. Yeah, it wasn't. I haven't watched it in forever. Steel Dragon. Steel Dragon. But yeah, it was like basically almost famous, but in the eighties, and a lead singer of a band quits. And he's in the front row belting out the tunes and they hear him belt out the tunes and they're like, we got to get this guy in a band. <laughs> okay. And that's it. All right. And then it's him becoming a rock star, uh, being, being the lead singer for one of his favorite bands. Nothing beats School of Rock. No, School of Rock was the best. The guy who wrote and maybe directed, no, wrote School of Rock came in second on Survivor. Did he? Yeah. I always wondered how that resolved. Did that just end? It ended a while ago. Actually, a new season did started it, since. Did it make you like uh, him more? He was great. He was like, he was soft. Like, yeah. he's like this Hollywood guy, right? Sure. He's probably a millionaire. Yeah. He's written a lot of movies and he's, uh, but he was really funny. Like, it was, Excellent. he's, it really kind of illustrates how much funnier he is as a professional funny person. Right. Uh, to be around these other, like, non-television savvy people. Has he done anything recently besides that? I mean... School of Rock is on Broadway. That's probably cha-chinging him a little bit. Yep. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm sure there's something else. But I don't know. Nice. He works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got money. Yeah. Plus, he's got that second place Survivor money. Which is like 50 grand or 100 grand maybe. Well, first place is a million, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Second place is a hundred grand. They don't play for the money anymore. They play for the title of Soul Survivor. Yeah. Yeah. It's never about the money. Like, do you remember back in the day when everybody watched Survivor? You could get kicked off Survivor if they found out you were a dentist. What? Yeah. Like it was like, oh, you have a swimming pool. Yeah, we're gonna vote you out. Oh right. No, I, yeah, I not not mean. not like eliminated. I mean, I <laughs> I mean you meant the Survivor. I mean, people spitefully, were like... it was like you have uh over a thousand dollars in your checking account sure. we're gonna vote you out right and now you could be like an ex-nba football player and that won't get you eliminated it's about <laughs> playing survivor ex-nba football player. there's been a bunch of nba people but you said nba football oh yeah 
that's, that was call. that was where I got <laughs> NBA football. Seriously, they had a couple. I was like, like, because there are people that that so are, athletic are, that, that they can play football. They actually in are. Basketball. They're like drafted in both. So I was like, oh my god, is this one of those cases of someone who like got drafted to both leagues? And how is that possible? How is that even close to possible? So athletic. How do you have time to be so proficient in both of those sports? I have it's no supposed idea. to rule your life when you're like 19. Well, Tom Brady got, uh, and a lot of football players will also be drafted as. Uh, okay, I'm gonna make something say something that's racially insensitive, but it's something that I've probably picked up on over the past little bit. Okay, it'd be we, worth it then. We can erase it if it if it comes off as too too crass. Okay, but it seems like the white guys in the NFL, the white quarterbacks, uh, are typically also drafted in the MLB. Okay. Whereas a lot of the black dudes, uh, end up being drafted in the NBA or the NFL. They can kind of make their call there. Well, that's probably not exclusively the case, but it could have something to do with uh, socioeconomics. Yeah, sure. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Tom Brady has won 11% of all the Super Bowls? Yes. It's my favorite new stat. I did know and that. It's preposterous. And he's been in something like in the last... Uh, however many years in the last 10 years he's been in like 60 percent of the super bowls that's dumb matt isn't that crazy dumb no we're watching greatness (laughs) yeah um you don't look back and say like man the beatles were too good i have another friend who said something similar recently he said i never got to watch gretzky i never got to watch jordan I am watching that. For That's football. exactly what I say. Why? Why do you want to cheer against greatness? Why don't you want to say I remember where I, I don't was. want to cheer against greatness? I love LeBron. No, James. sorry, I'm speaking hypothetically. Because it's annoying. <laughs> oh yeah, never mind. I am speaking to you. You yeah. don't like Tom yeah, you Brady are, for you some are. reason. No, I don't dislike Tom Brady. I don't know enough about Tom Brady. I don't know anything about the scandal. But I know that there's no scandal with Tom Brady. Yes, there was. Well, okay, the the scandal right now is with the Patriots owner. No, yeah, the prostitution thing. I'm talking yeah. about the deflating balls. That, sure, was, yeah. that was Tom Brady. So, sorry, I meant there's no current scandal. He is Tom always Brady. going to be haunted by that, true or not. Mm-hmm. That is always going to be a black mark on his legacy. Where apparently that's a, a common thing in the NFL is, is, you know, QBs wanting the ball a little softer. Really? Yeah, I swear to God. Okay. Like Aaron Rodgers, who was on the Pete Holmes podcast. Yeah. Uh, he was like, after it happened, he's like, "Yeah, no, I, uh, I usually take air out of the ball too." Why? Why is it? Is it a problem for it to be deflated? Is it more grippable if it's a little deflated? I think that's what they say. There's a minimum uh, uh, that the the ball is supposed to be deflated, but there's a whole like science thing about you know, in colder temperatures, more air will escape from the ball. Right. And it happened to be a very cold weather game, so maybe it started at the level that was like within reason. Yeah. But because of the cold weather, it, it deflated more. Okay. Versus the other team's ball, which might not have been as deflated in the first place. So still wasn't below the the minimum. Okay. And so the Colts like were like, hey, keep this ball and uh, measure it. Because we think Tom Brady's deflating the balls. They were down like like three touchdowns or Does something. Does he have He's any dumb. kind of personality whatsoever? Tom Brady. Because I found that, and I know very little about... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, celebrity culture within the sports world but for some reason professional basketball players it's very essential for their success to be a hoot 
And hockey players can be the most boring people you have ever listened to. They drone on. They have no brains. Hockey players or football players? Hockey players are a night. Have you ever listened to Wayne Gretzky talk? Yeah. Well, some people. Well, I don't think Wayne Gretzky's even the worst defender. That might not, that might be the case. And I'm sure there are some charismatic hockey players. Yeah. But it seems, by and large, basketball players are more exciting to listen to. Yeah. They're they're funner people. I would say, right? I'd say there's they've probably got the most personality. So where do them. football players fall on that spectrum? Um specifically Tom Brady. Is he interesting? Specifically Tom Brady is Because I think if you have spent that much time playing football and apparently also baseball. You don't have a personality. Tom Brady's whole thing. No, Tom Brady. Yeah, I would say depending on what you find interesting, his whole thing is that he just wants to win. Like that's his, <laughs> that's, that's his, his whole thing. Like, literally, so no, he doesn't have a personality. Literally his, his he's a, literally a machine to win. Pretty much. He's, he's all about like, I'm going to not drink coffee or eat beans. I'm going to like, yeah, even beans. Like I'm going to wake up, make sure I've got my electrolytes so my muscles are as pliable as possible and I can... So when he retires in like 30 or 40 years, <laughs> yeah. will he eat beans and drink coffee? Probably not, right? I think the thing that him and Giselle are going for is to be like the oldest models. <laughs> like I actually think they're going to, once he retires from football, they're going to start like a, a human longevity campaign and he, they're going to be the face of it do you think It'll after he like retires 60. from football beans are going to keep them out of magazines <laughs> do you think that like it's going to be coffee that keeps them from being in like gq and black and white on a, I, next just, to a camel ad i'm just saying they're whether the things they eat are like uh oh like i'm cheating i had a walnut kind of thing boy it sounds like quite the life yeah Really sounds like it's worth it to, to make all that money. I think he feels great. He just doesn't enjoy food as much. As much as he can feel anything at all, he has mm -hmm. like, I mean, not to, which is not to say that he has nerve damage because I realize he's untouchable. I just mean he has no soul. <laughs> You're making quite, for someone who hasn't like listened to him talk about anything. I fell asleep every time I tried to listen to him. You've tried like, to listen to never him? Never once. I was going to say, like, <laughs> have you sat down and listened to, like, you should listen. He was on Oprah's podcast last June, I think. Okay. You go take, go give a listen to that and report back. Can you believe we've come to a world where you can say things like he was on Oprah's podcast? Yeah. Like if you went back eight years and you said Oprah's podcast, you're like that's the dumbest thing I've ever I heard. I remember really not understanding like in 2006 being like, I don't get what a podcast is. You were on it before I was. Yeah. Was I? You were a big part of the reason I kind of got into podcasts. It was the Nerdist podcast when we lived together. Nice. You listen to that one a lot. And you listen to Comedy Bang Bang. Mm -hmm. I never really got into that one. But it was mostly like comedy celebrity podcasts. Did I listen to Nerdist before you did? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. We. I didn't listen to it when we lived together. I listened to it longer than you, though. I yeah. stayed on it longer right. than you did. Do you ever listen to ID10T? Not now. Now. No. But it's still coming out? I guess... Last time I checked it, he doesn't get good guests anymore. No. And, w and whether he's innocent or not, there's no shocker there. Because, like, why would you risk that? Right. It's not even the risk. Because, like, I don't know if, like, people are paying that close of attention. But, like, mm -hmm. if you have something to promote and you're, I don't know, Jason Manzukas or something, you can go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah it's just, like, not kind of not worth the headache. And nothing he nothing personal, but, like, sorry, there's a stigma. And you don't see Dax, like, extending an olive branch to him or anything? Who Jason Manzukas, In fact, yes. No, not Jason yeah. Manzukis. Oh, Hardwick. Hardwick. 
Um, Jason Manzoukas, was he on? He was great. Yeah. Oh, he was on Armchair Expert. Yeah, I love that guy. I think yeah. he's, he seems like a sweetheart. He's so funny. Yeah. Oh my God, man. You got to listen to the Thomas Middleditch, uh, Jason Manzoukas episode of Comedy Bang Bang. Okay. It well, was there has out. to be more than one of those. Uh, no, I think there's actually just one okay. where, where they're all on together. All right. Without any other interference. And Jason Manzoukas plays himself and Thomas Middleditch plays a character named Caitlin. 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 Okay. It's See, this is the problem is I get lost on Comedy Bang Bang because nobody's being called by their name and they're doing silly voices. I don't know who's talking. Right. You, you'll know in that. Like, it's very clear who is who. Okay. Yeah. All right. That one's fun. It's not like a holiday special where there's 18 people on. Uh, John Krasinski is officially directing A Quiet Place 2. Yes. And Emily that. Blunt is coming back to star. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be good? Uh, I don't think so. I haven't seen the first one yet. Oh, you didn't? No. It's good. It's overrated. It's it's overrated. I'm the, I'm the only person who says that, but it's deeply overrated. I heard someone take a spicy take on it where yeah. it seemed like they didn't like it at all. I didn't dislike it. What I liked about it is that it doesn't drag on at all. Right. It's like, oh, it's over. And then I'm so happy it's over. Right. Uh, and there are like, the suspense is real. Granted, I didn't see it in the theater, which was a big part of its hype. Right. It was like how scared everybody was to eat their popcorn because it was mm. noisy. Um, it utilizes sound really well and the lack thereof. I, I kind of thought that it would win best sound mixing. Mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody did. Man, the sound mixing clip that they used where it was just showing clips for movies. The one they used for that seemed For Bohemian terrifying. Rhapsody? No, no, not for Bohemian Rhapsody. For A Quiet Place. Yeah. It was like a monster picking up uh, John Krasinski and like throwing him against a wall. Yeah, and, that was wild. Yeah. That was wild. The, the clip they used to demonstrate the sound mixing in, or the sound editing maybe in Bohemian Rhapsody was him at the piano, not singing. He was lip syncing. <laughs> it was the dumbest thing ever. But in fact, maybe it was his best actor clip they played. Like him doing the least amount of acting he does in the whole movie is just lip syncing along while somebody else sings. Is it true that he actually sang a little bit in that? He, they, he put, it, they put him in there to make it so they could say he sang. Right. But they mixed him with this guy you see on YouTube who does a Freddie Mercury impression. Uh, okay. So I think it's a lot more him because it sounds way too much like Freddie. And then there are parts where they just use Freddie. Right. But Taron Edgerton is doing all the singing for Rocket Man. Oh, crazy. And the trailer came out the other day. And he also sang Tiny Dancer uh, in Vegas or something with, with Elton John the other night. Because yeah. they're like pals. Yep. It doesn't sound exactly like Elton John because they haven't really affected it too much. It mm-hmm. sounds a little auto-tuned. Uh, but I kind of like that because it's a more honest portrayal. Sure. Like uh, Joaquin Phoenix... He just did his best Johnny Cash. Right. And that was amazing. I um, I was thinking it was really funny every time because it seemed like Bohemian Rhapsody was winning every second award for a while. Yeah. And they were playing the same music and it was a, <laughs> an orchestra. So they were just playing the the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody solo. Oh, yeah. So it just like, and it's Bohemian Rhapsody. And this poor guitar player had to do it again. Be like, did anyway. you find it weird that Queen didn't play Bohemian Rhapsody to open the show? They did. We will rock you, and we are the champions. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I and I missed. I I came in kind of toward the end. Also, I was a little like uh, Adam Lambert. I guess he does a good job, but he's just, been doing that for six years. Yeah, he is Queen's frontman, right? And like nothing against him. Obviously, he's a great singer, but there's just something like 
I don't want to say it's not the same because obviously it's not the same, but like Paul Rogers used to be the front singer, the front uh, man for Queen. And that was like, he was just doing Paul Rogers. He's a great voice. Who's Paul Rogers again? He's the front man for like Bad Company. Oh, right. And a couple yeah. other bands. He's like a kind of like a, a career front man. Yeah. He's great. Right. Um, But like there's something like too plastic about Adam Lambert. Adam Lambert. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just like a test tube front man. It kind of feels like that. Another reboot we didn't talk about recently, although it's been, uh, or maybe we did, Ghostbusters. Jason Reitman is doing the new Ghostbusters. Yes. Or Ghostbusters 3. They're going to like take the, the last Ghostbusters they did with Bill Murray and just like nix it. Okay. And Jason Reitman, because his dad made uh, the original one, right? Oh, Ivan, Ivan, Ivan Reitman made okay. the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. So I guess it's like a family business. But they should have just left well enough alone considering what a friggin' toxic cesspool the last one was yeah. PR-wise. And then to make matters worse, Jason Reitman went out and said, um, we're going to give Ghostbusters back to the fans. Uh, have you ever like done press before? Right. <laughs> the dumbest thing he possibly could have said. Right. That's going to become a soundbite. Meaning like... Like, hey, forget about the girl. Get rooting. those grubby female paws off Ghostbusters. <laughs> right. We're going back to the fans. And normally he's cool. I like Jason Reitman, but that was a real idiotic thing to say. Yeah. I think maybe he meant like just how it wasn't well received in general, but it's a bad soundbite to be. Well, and also what it kind of implies is everybody who was sexist about the last Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. they deserve to have like their... Right. They, 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 they deserve their movie. They, it should be made up to them. Do any word on casting it? The original cast, I think. Oh, it's the original cast. I think that's what they're going for. I don't know if Bill Murray's going to want to do that. And um, what's his name? Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Dead. No. Um, <laughs> he's very much Harold Ramis is dead. So yeah, that just right. leaves Dan Aykroyd, uh, who also, would he want to do that? And Ernie Hudson. And Ernie Hudson. I'm sure Ernie Hudson is like, yes. He's probably game. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, hey, Ernie, this is a... Uh, yep. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So that just seems like a terrible idea. I promise that won't work. Uh, okay, um, and speaking of complainy, sexist uh, movie fans, okay. much like with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. there is starting to become something of a troll uprising trying to tank Captain Marvel before it comes out. Brie Larson, it's coming out in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. By all means, it should be a very big deal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they want it to be a big deal, and they want it to be good critically as well as commercially. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see it. But... There's been like a lot of message boarding from trolls downvoting the want to see this rating on Rotten Tomatoes okay. and like commenting that it's stupid. And so Rotten Tomatoes has actually changed their platform so that you can't write anything in the comment section of a movie before it's been released. And the want to see it uh, uh, widget is going to go away as well, which is fine because nobody looks at the want to see it widget. Right. But isn't that interesting that they have to like do this big move, which by the way, they're only doing because... It's the most powerful media company in the world, right. Disney. But that they have to like do this little thing to protect a movie that otherwise should be a big deal and shouldn't need protecting. Mm-hmm. Well, shouldn't the movie kind of just speak for itself though? Like even if trolls are like, if it's that good, no, would it be- not exist alone. No, because um, expectation and stink on a movie right. can tank a movie. And I'm pointing at the Solo poster on my wall. Right. Like Solo was. Solo, it's not the best example because Solo was mediocre, but it wasn't as bad as a lot of the hate that it was getting. Right. Where did you get that Solo poster from, by the way? It's an IMAX poster. They give them out for free when you go to IMAX movies. Sure. Okay. Cool. That's why I have a Solo poster. Nice. 
Yeah. And it's just a frame that I had before. Nice. I also have a Crimes of Grindelwald one, which was a lot worse than so. Right. Solo. That's too bad. So it's not framed in my house. But inside Lewin Davis over there? Well, that was one that I gave you. That was from the studio. Yeah. It came from, a, I don't know what studio made Lewin Davis. Uh, Buster Scruggs. Imagine. I hardly know her. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty good. Um, did you feel like uh, Sam Jackson was kind of doing a bit of a hover hand to Brie Larson when they were walking out? It was really funny. It kind of like closed well, he didn't want to touch back. her. He didn't want to be accused yeah. of anything. He was like, like I kind of thought, man, his hand looks like it's low, but then it showed like from the backside and his hand was notice. like an inch off and it was kind of like a fist. I didn't it notice. It was really funny. The two of them are going to be, they're about to do a whole lot of press together. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing we didn't talk about. I, not that I want to get back into the Oscars, but... Sam Jackson, his reaction to Green Book. <laughs> yeah, didn't he yell, oh, house! Like, Well, yeah, because he gave one to Spike Lee, which was great. He yeah. was so excited about that. But he also had to give one to, to Green Book. And then Green Book won Best Picture. Uh, and Spike Lee kind of threw a fit, right? Did you hear about that? About Green Book? Winning Best Picture. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, he got up and like turned around and tried to leave the theater. No way. This is after he won an Academy Award. I mean, to be fair, it is kind of like... It is a, a shocking parallel that he's reliving, this deja vu of 30 years ago to the day. Yeah. Do the Right Thing, which is this great movie, Lost to Driving Miss Daisy. Right. And not that Black Clans was going to win Best Picture this year. Was it Was it Driving Miss Daisy? Yes. Was it, wasn't it on Golden Pond? No. It was Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. It was Driving Miss Daisy, which is also about like how black people are only there to make white people better people. Right. And you just have to like spend some time with black people and you won't be racist anymore right and don't get me wrong like i enjoyed a lot of of green book and i thought the acting was good but obviously that's a problematic movie and it's shockingly the same as driving miss daisy right and spike lee is there again did he do like a press junket afterwards probably he was probably asked about it yeah i kind of thought that he would be more ready for his first ever oscar acceptance speech it was kind of a disaster yeah he was pumped though also like how involved do you think he was in the overall screenplay because he was very much the accepting person on it it was like there was like six other people jordan peele's idea to do the movie right was it like he he's the producer he owned the rights if it won best picture he would have gotten his second oscar not that it was going to win best picture right um and it's based on a book by ron stallward so I don't know. I mean, he probably wrote the screenplay, but right. it, it is adapted screenplay. Right. Yeah. Okay. I was just like, there's so many other people up there. I guess Spike deserves his moment, but. It's amazing how many people it takes to make like little things. Not that like writing a movie is a little thing, but like four people to write shallow. Are we serious? Right. Yeah. Was it four people? It was four people. Yeah. It was Gaga and Mark Ronson and these two other fellas. Two other guys. That's right. Uh, George R. R. Martin was offered the chance to do a cameo in the final season of Thrones, turned it down. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for because there's no way it would be a cool cameo. No, well, I don't know. He kind of looks like he could be made up to look like some like old hobo old on a roadside. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> I know a great deal about this. Actually, I wonder if he can act at all. Prob- well, that was probably the other thing. Yeah, he's like, I would do a shittier job than most. We should probably get to shows. Let's do it. Where where are we at in the... Are we at the hour mark? Almost, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. It's your turn to go first. All right. Uh, What do I want to do? Okay. I'll do do Dirty John. Okay, good. Because I'm like five episodes deep. I don't remember the first episode that well. Sure. Okay. You recap the first episode of Dirty John uh, in three, two, one, go. 
Okay, so Connie Britton plays a woman who uh, has been married four times and is consistently trying to fall in love. She's successful uh, in her personal life, but are successful in her business life, but uh, gets in arguments with her kids, can't find a, a man, eventually gets to this anesthesiologist who uh, gets along with her, but ends up fighting with her daughters. Uh, they learn some sketchy stuff about him, and he seems like a dick, and we're going to learn. So she brings him home, and they're like making out, and it seems like they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then last minute, she's like, no, I don't think. And then he like, because he gives her an icy stare and he's like he's lying on her bed yeah which is weird well like it kind of is but it also was like it seemed like they were gonna do it right yeah yeah you know yeah. I, mean, he, I guess he did let himself into her bedroom yeah that is that's definitely crossing the line that's weird but it seemed like they were gonna do it so like not not that he's entitled to it that's not what i mean i just mean like that she's all of a <laughs> no, sudden i know what you're saying that she's like all of a sudden no you gotta go he definitely was scary and gave her like a cold look and turned over and just wasn't responsive for a little bit. Oh yeah. He just rolled over. Yeah. And you're like, uh, and she's like, okay, no, I, I would like you to leave please. And then he, that's er, right. I think you should go. No, she says like, I think we should just like end the night short. And he just like ends up rolling over and I know why he got so upset by the way. Cause I've seen five episodes. Oh really? Yeah. And he just marches right out. Yep. But then the next day, he's like, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah. At the end of the day, he uh, calls her and says, you know, I'm I'm really sorry. I, I think I ruined it because I was so pumped about it. And then and, what happens at the end of the episode, Slaney? Um, episode one. They get goddamn married, don't they? Oh, yeah. that Yeah, that goes so fast. Oh, yeah. And it's just flashing down below. And this is a true story, which is the craziest. It's thing. based on a podcast called Dirty John, which yeah. is like an investigative, like uh, audio documentary about an absolutely true thing. And at the end of every episode, they're like, just, you know, this is dramatized for the sake of TV. But my parents have already been through the show and they're like, no, we looked it up. This is, there's not a lot of liberties being taken here. This Pretty is bang the on. Same things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm reluctant to look up a lot of facts about the show because I still have three left and I don't want to spoil anything about what's to come. Sure. But it's a little soapy for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you, were you gripped? Because episode one, I was oh, gripped. No, I was into it. I was gripped. And then episode two through five, I'm kind of scared. It's like, really? it's kind of like, like there have been a couple of times where I'm like kind of clutching my blankie. Well, it pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> to use like the most uh, butch terminology. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's right <laughs> on brand. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, started out the the <laughs> the daughter was just so like uh, horrendous the older daughter yeah, yeah that you thought okay no this guy is is in the right like he's done nothing wrong but then as soon as the the younger daughter who comes home with her like boyfriend who's from Ruth wherever, from Ozark by the way who's amazing in everything she does yep. she's gonna be like an Oscar winner yeah um and and can I say looks the best in this like she uh, well yeah she's played ruth <laughs> she doesn't live in a trailer she, she lives in a mansion okay well let's go through her her uh her filmography here she's right? played uh a, a young girl in the americans yeah she's played ruth and ozark and she's played lastly um the emma stone's, emma stone's sister. sister in mania yeah opposite mania. emma stone so that's right. also not flattering right so in this she does look the best in this right? yeah she kind of looks like a model yeah 
in any case um but she has she's affected this like weird valley girl voice in this show yeah, did you notice yeah. she's like hiked her voice up a little yes, bit yes definitely and uh but it's supposed to be kind of annoying yeah both the daughters are supposed to are be supposed kind of annoying and vapid but but you start to cheer for them a little bit more i think and more so as the show goes on yeah okay i, I would imagine um yeah especially the older daughter is like you realize she's actually real savvy yeah well and she goes to the uh when the younger daughter goes to the door and they say, oh, hey, are you John? He's like, yeah. Like, who are you? Yeah. And they say, oh, well, we're so-and-so. Well, we're not ready for you yet, so go walk your dog. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a brutal, like, as if you could ever recover from that. Like, immediately. Yeah, you immediately. you think that, like, you'd want to, like, put on, like, something else. of a facade. Sure. Did they bring the grandmother in in the first episode? They do, yeah. Who she is look, that? She looks she, ridiculous. She looks like she's a 30-year-old playing an 80-year-old. Kind of. Like, yeah. she's, there's an episode later where she, it's, like, flashbacks, and she's younger. Oh, okay. And then, I don't know That's the That's the only reason that you would do that. It is. I don't know who the actress is. She's recognizable, though, yeah. when she's not in her old age makeup. She right. plays, like, a, she's, like, 50, and she's playing, like, 85. And yeah. they give her these big, ridiculous glasses and this little old lady yeah. wig. But it's still taking place in, like, 2018, so I don't know why. I don't know what the point is of anyway. Right. And she like loves John because he's so handsome. Right. And he works hard. Right. Is, is, uh, stalker porn becoming like the new popular theme in TV? Oh God, I hope not. Have people started tweeting Eric Bana saying, oh, I'd let him. He is handsome. Stalk me. Nice looking guy. Yeah. And he's a good actor in this too, by the way. He's scary. He is. Yeah. Even like his... I don't understand the motivation behind some of the things yet. And maybe you do like he shows up to the ball and says he was just working late, but he's wearing his like scrubs. Yeah, no. And says, Hey, no, like, you know, uh, you look so amazing, but let's just do this. Let's just go in and I'll be your date. Well, I don't know. There are two kinds of people in theater who do bad things, right? They, mm -hmm. they do them because they're hurt and because they're trying to fend for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who are just sociopaths. Right. And certainly this seems like the latter. You think so? Like even up to where I am in the show, he doesn't really have a whole lot of redeeming qualities, if any. Right. But like Frank Abagnale in Catch Me If You Can, yeah. you, you root for because he's so sad and lonely. Right. Right? And he's not really like threatening anybody. No, he's, he's alone. He's kind of charming about everything. Well, and like I love that movie so much. Yeah. And, and so that's for some reason that's my frame of reference for like con men. Con men, yeah. Uh, and he's kind of like that, like a, a good, man. a good confidence man story is great. Like was Sawyer not one of the best characters on Lost? Sure. Yeah. Um, and certainly the episodes specifically about his being a con mm -hmm. man were some of the best. Yeah. This guy, when they give his backstory later on without giving anything away, he kind of has a bit of a Sawyer background. Okay. But he doesn't have a heart of gold like Sawyer secretly. No, has. he doesn't care about who he screws over kind of thing. Absolutely not. Right. And he doesn't have any good nicknames for people. It's almost like Sawyer, yeah, it's almost like Sawyer was more of a like Robin Hood kind of character or at least he would prey on the uh I think he would prey on the super you know. Yeah, I rich guess or so. Evil people. I, th I think kind so. I forget. I think so. They didn't really make it known. But no, like he would, when they were on the island, he was like hoarding people's medications, right? Oh. That was not a very yeah. nice thing he did. That's right. If you took my insulin, I'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really bad. <laughs> that would be. But then, I mean, let's, let's But then not Saeed would torture him with bamboo shoots. So That's Saeed right. has your back. Well, let's not kid. If I, I ended up being on an island, 
Well, maybe the thing is, if I crashed on the island, I wouldn't need insulin anymore, <laughs> a la right. lock. Yeah. Oh, so I would just be cured. And you'd and become a keep, man. I'd keep that a secret. You'd become a man of faith, play, ba- <laughs> play backgammon. Right. Yep. All Die those tragically, spoiler alert. How great is Lost? Lost's awesome. All right. You want to do the other A lot one? of Lost references. And did I tell you about a lot of Lost references in like season four of The Office? So yeah. it really sets a funny tone. Clearly Lost like, was like really in the zeitgeist yes. then. Yeah. They mentioned it like six times. Lost is great. Lost is great. Lost is great. Do you have anything else you want to say about Dirty John? Do you give it your S? Uh, I do. I considered watching another episode. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. And I watched another episode of The Umbrella Academy last night. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting you say Umbrella Academy because obviously a better pairing for Umbrella Academy would have been Doom Patrol. You're so right. Although that might have been boring because that's just like, they're so similar. They yeah. might have been boring. Right. I guess I'll recap the first episode of Doom Patrol. Okay. Put me on the clock. Oh, yeah. I'll go on go. It's right. going to be kind of tough, I think. This is uh, a DC Universe uh, collective of edgy superheroes R-rated show. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go with the description on three, two, one, go. Uh, Brendan Fraser plays like a NASCAR-esque race car driver. Uh, he has a fraught relationship with his wife. While in uh, a big race, his wife reveals to be cheating on him, so he gets in a fiery wreck and he wakes up seven years later having been uh, saved by being given a robot body by this weird wheelchair-bound uh, Professor X type, and he lives at a prison home with other superheroes who have also had their lives saved, and they have some kind of strange mystical powers. And then they, uh, one of them turns into Goop, and then they have to go out and save the world from Goop Lady. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of story considering it was an hour long. A lot lot of background and certainly most of it, Brendan Fraser. Yes. I just, I kind of hate the mysticism behind some of these DC things. And Suicide Squad did the same thing. Like, Goop Lady just falls into into a river and like hits something that opens up this thing that enters her body. Yeah. And so now whenever she gets upset, she turns into Goop. Right. And he's in space. uh, What's his name? Uh, Matthew Bomer, I guess, in real life, but... Matthew Bomer. It wasn't in space, but he was like in a fighter pilot, right? Yeah, but he was like outside of the atmosphere. Right. And so he crashes. Yeah. Crashes to the ground. But but there's this like, this spirit that like, he's like the only thing that he wasn't prepared for, which I like Alan Tudyk, but I thought his narration was a little... I thought Alan Tudyk's narration was the only thing that saved this show. Oh, really? I thought that it gave it some self-awareness. Does this take place in like Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot's... uh, DCCU I I have no idea I think it does like I think they put Jason Momoa in the intro like to make it seem like this is that world oh really I think anyway if so it's got way more tongue-in-cheek than anything they've ever made yeah they're saying like oh what do we care this show people aren't gonna watch this show anyway right the critics suck that stuff was kind of uh self-awareness yeah yeah that stuff was okay yeah, so basically everybody dies. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they have uh, supernatural powers before the death, we don't know. But right. they all, uh, they they don't die. They survive what should have killed them. Yeah. And then they go back to what is basically Professor X's school, a la mm-hmm. Umbrella Academy, a la yeah. X-Men. Important to note, Doom Patrol predates X-Men. Whoa. Neat. Including wheelchair-bound uh, guy who's in okay, charge. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of believed that in fact X Men was kind of lifted. Stanley kind of ripped it off. Yeah. Yep. Um. And who else do we have in here? Oh, we have uh, uh, is her name Lucy? Uh, Claire. Yeah, Stella. What do they call her? Uh, Rachel. 
Stephanie? Hammerhead. Hammerhead. But what's Sarah? The... Rose. <laughs> <laughs> you are naming names with such consistency that I'm never going to be able to think of it. I don't know. Um, the one from Orange is the New Black. She's like is that she, has, she was from? She has like 46 personalities or something. Yes. I thought she was kind of good. She was pretty good. I, I thought Brendan Fraser wasn't bad either. I thought it's interesting. He seems to be on some kind of like uh, revamp my career thing because he was also in Succession, right? Uh, he was in Trust. Oh, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Those are easily confused. Yeah, I could see that. Um, the thing about Matthew Bomer, who wears bandages on his face and goggles, mm-hmm. and Brendan Fraser, who is in a metal suit, is those, they don't need to be on set for those roles. Like those yeah. can become VO roles real quickly. It's pre- pretty easy to get these two guys for voiceover. In fact, Brendan Fraser's voice is super modulated. He doesn't have to do that job at all. Like this, no. is, this is an easy gig for those people and he can bail and the show doesn't really compromise well i mean for a show that it does doesn't even have its own network it's like the dc streaming platform the dc universe yeah Yeah, i was surprised that they even got these guys they have a music budget they have special effects yeah like it wasn't shitty for wasn't shitty it was not shitty for for being kind of a nothing i actually thought it was a lot better than the umbrella academy did you yeah it just took itself less seriously yeah like that dance scene in umbrella academy was good but like (laughs) It was just really cheap, wasn't too. wasn't redeeming enough. It wasn't redeeming enough. I liked the voiceover from, from Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's all I got, probably. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the movie actress is one of the people in the school. That's also Umbrella Academy. Yep. They're both yeah, movie stars. Totally. Totally. I wonder, but there's no way that Gerard Way knew what Doom Patrol was. That's I don't know. Thing. You don't write a graphic novel and not be a fan of like deep cuts. A lot of graphic novels. That's true. Yeah. Um, I don't think I give it my ass. No, I definitely don't give it my ass. But I, um, there were parts where I said, this might actually be good, but I can't imagine me sitting through more episodes. So. Oh, never. Is, is this the first? It's got like a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's what so. I'm saying. It's yeah. getting better reviews than the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. But it's not really being talked about a whole lot. Right. The cast is kind of great. Maybe it's the, the thing is the people that are going to watch it are actively seeking it out because who else is going to go to the DC streaming platform and watch this show besides yeah. us? I don't know. And why does Timothy Dalton want to do this? I don't know. What, also, what do we know Timothy Dalton from? Well, he was James Bond. Oh, yes. Most famously James Bond. Right. And I think probably most famously the worst James Bond, right? Yes, definitely the worst James Bond. And he's, I think, Welsh? Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's fine in this. He looks pretty good for his age. Yeah. Uh, no, no, he looked fine. But why does he want to do something like this? Where has he been that this is what brought him out? I don't know. I I can't think of anything else he's been in. So maybe this was kind of like, a, oh, I want to act again. Sure. I guess. It's a, it's a paycheck. It must be that. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. I didn't give him my ass. Also, what was that ridiculous donkey fart at the end? Yeah. Oh, honestly, that might have brought me back into a little bit, just for how <laughs> silly it was. Right. Like, there were things that were silly that I admired more about this than, I don't know, uh, like the Avengers or something. Uh, first mainstream gay superhero? I can't think of anything else in bat in mad bomer he's like closeted because he's from the past right yeah and he's got like a family and everything that's a dark timeline it kind of is and brendan Fraser also has a living daughter 
Oh, that's right. Which is also kind of interesting. Yes. So that's another thing I didn't mention is that he appears to have, uh, quote unquote, died and gone into his seven year coma or whatever on the racetrack. But then you discover, no, he actually lived beyond that. Yeah. Tried to get back on track with his cheating wife. Yep. And then they were driving down the road in the middle of the night and got in a terrible car accident and his wife got decapitated, but yeah. the daughter survived. The daughter survived. And it seemed like her arm was on the floor. So maybe we can assume that she only has one arm now. And maybe she's also gifted. Yeah, I bet she is. Probably. Bet Why not is. go there? Or maybe she's the villain. Maybe she's Alan Tudyk. <laughs> not that villain, but a villain. I kind of thought, like, who is Alan Tudyk to Timothy Dalton? Is he, like... You know, I'm not sure. I feel like he's, like, a classically trained actor. I feel like Alan Tudyk has done, like, Shakespeare. I know who Alan Tudyk is. Who is the character to Timothy Dalton? Because it seemed like they're mortal enemies. But on the other hand, he kind of seemed like he was this, like, watchful confidant. Hmm. I know who Alan Tudyk is. I'm sorry, from, you don't have from, to defend yourself on that. I'm he's sorry. from Firefly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Dodgeball, right? And pa- Solo, Steve a Star Pirate. Wars story. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Solo, Rogue One, Rogue One. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I I think maybe he was somewhere in the intro scene. Right. But you didn't really know exactly where. Like Alan Tudyk was obviously the main character in that, and maybe uh, Timothy Dalton was like in the room or somewhere along the way, right? In maybe. that timeline in Paraguay, I don't because he right. says Paraguay. Yeah, always like Paraguay. Remembers Paraguay. Paraguay. Always Paraguay. Always with you. Paraguay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's Classic all. Classic line. What a dumb show. Didn't like it. I like yeah. Dirty John though. Dirty John seemed okay. I oh. I could see myself getting into it. That it it runs the line of where I could uh, watch. It's like a Big Little Lies level of of. It's not schlock. unlike Big Little Lies. You're kind of yeah. right. It's kind. It's it's probably less important. Right. Socially. Yeah. But it's it's kind of in the same vein. Mm-hmm. And they've already confirmed a second season, which is even more confusing. Right. Because what's going to happen here? I don't know. Don't tweet me. <laughs> don't at me. Do you think he's also ally you going to kill the gal? Alan, me? No, not Alan. You. I mean, Alan oh, the show you. Alan the show you. Yeah, I didn't think you were gonna kill Becky at any point. I have no intention. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I promise. Um, I don't know. That does happen in you. Spoiler alert. Mm. No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think because I don't think that a podcast and a TV show, uh, distastefully called Dirty John, yeah, is made if the main character be, is victimized like that but i don't know don't at me all right i'm gonna right. finish it okay um do we have any uh will smith fact do you remember uh when will smith sky dove as a part of his bucket list uh, personal challenge he skydived dove dive he did a i'll sky accept dive. either okay. it, was, it was one of our many will smith discussions uh, yes. he was willing to skydive because it was on his bucket list yep he was so taken by the adrenaline of this experience he is now uh via facebook watch going to create a TV series about people uh, achieving their bucket list items. So he's going to, Will Smith is going to go out into the world and help people achieve their bucket list things. Oh. So that then they can die. But that's, that's what The Buried Life was. What was that? Oh man, you got to watch The Buried Life. It was so good. It was an MTV show, but it was four guys that were like in their early 20s. And they were trying to go around and cross things off their bucket list. But the B part of every show which was a reality show was 
they were trying to help other people cross things off their bucket list. It's while dark, it. isn't it? Like, I feel like bucket list has this like silly connotation, but no, like, like they, they did really crazy stuff. Like it was like, they wanted to play basketball with Barack Obama and they ended up doing it. That's pretty cool. Like they had a bunch of stuff on there that was pretty crazy. Um, make a viral video, I think was one like throw a huge party, throw a huge party was one of the most fun ones. Yeah. Um, Anyways, it's a it, it's a good watch. I wonder if it ages as well. well now, Probably like ten years old. Now. Will Smith is going to do the same thing, <sighs> and I bet he would say that he didn't steal that idea from the buried life. Yeah, he probably wants all the credit. He'd be like, "I invented skydiving." That's a pretty good Will Smith. <laughs> I almost didn't trust you there for a second. He's like, "I just bite it for the look. I don't like it." Like why, like, uh, why is that your go-to Will Smith line? I don't That's know. That's such I, an obscure go-to Will Smith dialogue. I don't know. I didn't go like, I'm going to skydiving. <laughs> Welcome to skydiving. Uh, no, I, you had it. Okay. You had it. Um, so... <laughs> Never trust, trust Will Smith? <laughs> no, no, no. Don't trust him. Oh, don't trust him. No, don't oh, trust okay, him. I'm not trusting him. Never trust Will Smith. Never.